0: Welcome to a special edition of the Darden admissions podcast. I'm your host, Brett Twitty, and you are listening to a new episode. On this episode of the podcast, I'm excited to share a recent conversation between Senior Assistant Dean of Admissions, Donna Clark, and Interim Dean Gene Litka, all about why there's never been a better time to pursue a Darden MBA. This conversation is highly recommended for anyone who's interested in learning more about Darden's MBA programs. Jean talks about her background, her passion for design, thinking, her long tenure here at the Darden School, and so much more. I think you're really gonna enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, here's an interview between Senior Assistant Dean of Admissions, Donna Clark, and Interim Dean of the Darden School of Business, Jean Litka.
1: My name is Donna Clark. Um, I am the Senior Associate Dean of Admissions, and we're so thrilled to have you join us today to learn more about our Interim Dean, Jean Litka. And more about Darden. Um, And we're going to allow some time for the questions that you've submitted in advance as well. So thank you so much. I am intentionally not going to do a formal introduction of Jean because we are going to cover a lot about her background, but she recently joined Darden in a new role. She's been at Darden for over 30 years, um, but is the interim dean of the school, the first female dean of the school, which is really exciting, while Scott Beardsley is away on a sabbatical studying the ethics of artificial intelligence, and we're thrilled to have you at the helm, and thank you so much for joining us today, Jean. Great,
2: great. It's great to be here, Donna. There's nothing I like better than talking to prospective students and alums. I've just gotten back from a tour out on the West Coast and to Boston and looking forward to heading to India because you know, as a faculty member for thirty plus years, being with students and prospective students and former students right. is uh, is what I enjoy the most. So I'm just delighted to be able to spend some time here with you today. Yeah, me too. And we have over eight hundred registrants. So thank you again from
1: fifty two countries. so we're we're really thrilled to see the high interest in Darden. So one of the things I'd love for them to know um, about, Jean, is a little bit about your background prior to Darden. Could you tell us some highlights about your background?
2: Sure. Well, there's a little known fact uh, uh, about me in that I I was an accounting major in college and, uh, and worked as a cost accountant and then went back for my own MBA, fell in love with strategy. Uh, at the time. And so I uh, went to join the Boston Consulting Group as a consultant after my time uh, as an MBA and really enjoyed that work, continued to work in it, and then was really drawn to come back and to teach. Mm. Um, There's just something about being in the classroom that was really attractive to me. And I enjoyed so much working with the students. And so I was lured, as I like to say it, to Darden uh, as a one-year visitor. Uh, And then 33 years later here, I still am because, you know, Darden is that kind of place for me. It's been the place where I belong as a faculty member. Um, And it just I think what I realized quickly in that first year at Darden was that the things I really cared about, as a as a faculty member, were were having colleagues who's who were really devoted to creating the best learning experiences that we that we can. And I I looked around me and I saw these master teachers, and I thought, well, if I stay at Darden for a while, I will become a master teacher. And mm-hmm. if I go back to my old university where people just weren't that invested, I won't become a master teacher. And so this whole idea of the focus on the classroom and being part of the lives of our students, getting to know them. That was really important to me. Um, as, a, as an academic and researcher, thought leadership is always important mm-hmm. to me, too. And one of the other things I loved about Darden is in the same way that it supports, I think, our students and helping them to find out what's right for them and what path they want to take. It was very supportive of me as a faculty member. So as I said, I started out in business strategy, always loved strategy. But then after a while, I got to feel that there was something missing in business strategy. We were very good about teaching people how to analyze an idea that already existed. We weren't very good about helping people to creatively imagine Mm. new things. So I fell in love with this, this quirky little thing called design thinking back in the day where nobody... Knew what it was, other than maybe IDEO and a few folks like that. And, and can you tell people what it is for who may not be okay. familiar with so, it? Yes, design thinking, I think of it as a way of solving problems. And of course, we've got lots of ways of solving problems in business school. What's different about design thinking, it's really focused on creating new futures. And on dealing with environments of uncertainty. So, you know, when we're trying to come up with new ideas in business, one of the big risks we have is that they'll fail. And whether you want to be an entrepreneur starting up your own business, Or, you know, you want to be a product manager at a big CPG company, or you want to be a consultant helping your clients, or a banker looking for creative ways of financing. Um, A lot of that uh, we just didn't have techniques for. And design thinking really focuses in on understanding the problem before you rush to a solution. Understanding the deep needs of the people that you're solving for. So design think is very human centered. It starts with the human beings you're trying to serve. Then it asks, what if anything were possible? Mm. How could we serve them? And that often means breaking trade-offs, coming up with new ideas, right. having the courage to put a solution out there when you're not quite sure how you'd get there. So I was just drawn by that. And then by the experimental back backend, um, I'm publishing a new book in December on experimentation, mm. because I really think whether we're looking at design thinking Agile, lean startup. So many of the drivers of new business thinking today are about dealing with the world of uncertainty. And that means moving from a reliance on purely analytical things you can capture in Excel spreadsheets to experimentation in the marketplace. And those are the kind of skills that our students need. And right. uh, you know, they're they're the ones we're focusing in on Darden. We believe that one of the advantages of, of, a, of our methodology at Darden is it's case-based, it's active, it's immersive for students, it's putting them into these environments right. and helping them grapple with the uncertainty of real business situations and the need to make decisions, even though you know you don't have all the information you need. Right, right. So my own path has kind of followed a circuitous path, um, but throughout it, Darden has supported me and cared about the same things I cared about. And so as a result, 33 years later, I never meant to work that long anywhere, but... Here I Lucky am. Lucky for us.
1: Here I am. I'm um, staying with the design thinking theme for a little while. Can you tell the audience a little bit about the course you've taught in Barcelona? Darden offers something called a, a Darden Worldwide Class, um, abbreviated DWC. Every Darden student receives a three thousand dollars scholarship to use towards their DWC, and you've led a really popular one on design thinking in Barcelona. Can you tell them a little bit about that trip and, yeah. and the types of
2: things? That you did? I like to say that I have the hardship faculty duty of taking groups of Darden students to Barcelona for a week every spring. Violins out. Every I one. know, Violins. I know, I know. But hey, it's somebody's got to do that. Yes, exactly. Thank you for stepping up. For <laughs> it's um. I spent a semester living in Barcelona when I was first studying this idea of creative thinking um, and What I saw around me in Barcelona were this incredible living examples. Mm. I mean, you have a Picasso spent his early years in Barcelona. The Picasso Museum there, you can see his development from an extraordinarily skilled, very creative, technical young artist into the period where he begins to invent cubism.
1: Mm. And
2: and so so that's been very powerful. You can see the architecture right. all around of Antoni Gaudí, right? One of the most brilliant and creative thinkers uh, around. Uh, you've got Dalí, who yeah. certainly, with his views of surrealism, is uh, is very challenging to all of us. And so, what I saw was the opportunity to have a conversation about business leadership and creative thinking in an environment that is. So different than the ones we normally have and challenged by looking at how these really masters of creativity and inventors of completely new ways of thinking and doing did it. So when I got back to Charlottesville, I resolved that I would start taking students there. We have the DWC format that makes it very possible. Right. So for many years, one of the highlights of my year has been our week in Barcelona. And, you know, when I talked to alums, I was just talking to the Boston alums. There was a whole group of, of students there who'd been to Barcelona with me, some of them 20 years ago, and still talking about that as one of their really really memorable experiences. Yeah, I've heard
1: great things from students about the experience in, in Barcelona. And then going back to what you were saying earlier about being a faculty member and the connections that you formed, we were just in Boston together last week, and there were alumni there and in New York and Atlanta who are really excited to reconnect with you. Can you elaborate a little bit on um, some of the highlights that you've experienced as a faculty member at Darden? And for the audience, um, for those of you who have done your research already, Darden has such a long-standing reputation for offering the best educational experience, according to The Economist, and for having a great great a reputation for the best teaching faculty. So I'd love for them to hear from your perspective, some of the highlights and joys that
2: you've experienced in the classroom. Yeah. Well, you know, we believe at Darden, we have a very clear value proposition to students right? And and Darden is right for some people and not right for others. Um, And the people it's right for are people who want to be in a community that's learning together. So they want to be in learning teams with other students. Mm -hmm. They want to go into class and not sit and listen to the sage on the stage tell them things. They want to be part of a conversation with their fellow students that faculty are orchestrating, but where the real energy is student to student as they challenge each other, justify their own thinking, arrive at better solutions working together. So so I think that's um, it's always very clear to me. And someone who says, well, I, I think a lot of, you know, mostly MBA programs look a lot," I say, mm, look deeper because because Darden is different in this mm-hmm. very clear way. Um, part of the reason it works, though, is because we have a value proposition to faculty faculty who are drawn to Darden are intensely interested in meeting their students human to human, having a relationship Mm -hmm. with them, challenging them. Yes, that's what we do. Also supporting them in their development. Mm. And I think that really That makes a difference because it's that mutual reinforcing loop of attracting faculty who want to be those people who get to know their students and are there for them. With students who want relationships with each other and with their faculty and then as alums want to support students and faculty. So it's a very kind of virtuous cycle, I think, that Mm -hmm. we have here. Um, And it it works for certain types of, uh, for people who want that. Um, I was reading a a survey the other day, and it was saying that uh, the number one regret when you query students about their college experiences is that they never got to know faculty. Yeah, is that they sat through their classes, they did, they learned, they did well, they got grades, they went on. That was true of my MBA experience, mm-hmm. which was not a darn experience. I don't think I hardly ever had a conversation with a faculty member outside of the classroom, unless I was in academic trouble. Um, and after, after a class was finished, that was it for the relationship. Um, and that's not the way it works at Darden. Right. right. I mean, it's a joyful
1: part of the experience for students and faculty. And I've been reading more and more over the years about just happiness studies and the extent to which meaningful relationships are really critical for our happiness. Yeah, so it's yeah. really. Nice no, that no, I, I, I
2: see. I I get to go to the alumni receptions and, you know, I talk to alumni. I, I came to Darden in 1991. Um, and, you know, I talked to students from, you know, 95, 98, class of 2000. And, uh, you know, we it's like seeing an old friend. Yeah. And I've followed their careers and what they've been up to. And I've met their kids and their friends and all of that. And it, it really is, I think, something that makes us a very special community in so many ways. Totally agree. And if you live
1: in, um, let's see, Atlanta, New York, India, we have several uh, that are available on the website that you can RSVP for and come in, and meet us in person in those like locations. Can you tell the audience a little bit about the multiple um, other roles that you've
2: played at Darden in addition to being a faculty member? So you can imagine in 33 years, you kind of get around. Um, I was lucky to be one of the very early executive directors of our Batten Institute Mm -hmm. for Entrepreneurship and Innovation and Technology. Hopefully anyone interested in Darden has read some about Batten. It is the driver of our work in the field of entrepreneurship and innovation. It has been the dominant supporter as a faculty member of all of my work around innovation and creative thinking. And so that's just a unique opportunity to focus in on students who want to be entrepreneurs. Now, we know that many Darden students go on to be entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. not necessarily right out of Darden, right. uh, but 10 years down the road, right? They uh, We have a very entrepreneurial set of students. So all kinds of great things happen there. But Batten is particularly focused on uh, giving students interested in entrepreneurship, a really terrific set of educational opportunities and startup opportunities. Uh, We have the incubator, Mm -hmm. which allows students to actually start up businesses. Um, we have business plan competitions. Mm-hmm. We work with the rest of the university because a lot of the great ideas are coming out of our medical school, our engineering school, our biotech in, uh, institute. So Batten takes advantage of all those, and it's like a connector mm-hmm. um across the university for students interested in that whole world of startup or venture capital. Mm -hmm. We have venture capital internships as part of that private equity, increasingly an important aspect. So I kind of cut my teeth on that entrepreneurial side um uh even though a lot of my teaching has historically been in uh strategy Consulting because right. that was the world I I came out of uh, I've also been uh head of the MBA program mm-hmm. uh at Darden for for a while I was head of the entire Darden um degree program and and again we've got very exciting uh, programs other than just the full-time residential program mm-hmm. in Charlottesville. I'm sure that's where many of you are interested. But we also have an outstanding executive
1: mm-hmm.
2: MBA, which takes place in D.C. at our amazing facilities in mm-hmm. uh, in Roslyn. If right. you've ever flown into uh, Ronald Reagan Airport, uh, I love it. As the plane comes in, there's a giant Darden sign I about high level design. on the landing path. <laughs> yeah. So so we have this uh, really incredible uh, a weekend-based program, but also with intense periods of time here in Charlottesville because we are, like to say, all Darden. No matter what program you're in, whether it's the new part-time program, which we just started last year, it's been a tremendous success. We just rolled out year two of that and took on a whole new class. But this this year, just a month ago, I got to welcome here in Charlottesville, in our beautiful new Forum Hotel in the Ballroom, all 565 Darden students, full-time residential students, part-time students in Roslyn, executive MBAs in Roslyn, and our PhDs all together because we are all part of Darden, yep. different flavors of Darden. But but that's that was an exciting time. It was that was really fun to welcome all the formats. And together. to be part of to watch the executive MBA program start up, which mm-hmm. was about 10 years ago. And then to watch the part-time program start up in my in my associate dean role. So that's all been been really terrific too. Um I yeah. took a couple of years off there and I was chief learning officer at United Technologies. Yeah. yeah.
1: Can you say a few words about the time at United Technology? I remember when you you went and that was
2: that, that was that fascinating. I mean, as um a, a big part of Darden is also executive education, mm-hmm. where business leaders from around the world, from all different industries, come and spend time mm-hmm. with us uh, as part of developing their senior leaders and getting them ready to take the next step. Mm-hmm. So I had been involved teaching strategy to the senior leadership teams at United Technologies, which would be the president of Otis Elevator, of mm-hmm. Sikorsky Aircraft, Carrier Air Conditioning. I mean, just a, a, a really well-recognizable Top line set of of companies, so I'd worked a lot with United Technologies. They had opted to create this position of Chief Learning Officer uh, uh, at the organization, with the responsibility for managing all worldwide learning and development wow. at UTC, which again is practically in every country in the right. world, hundred and forty or fifty thousand wow. employees around the world. Um, and the first holder of that was uh, was our, uh, Bob Harris, a very a very well-known finance professor here well Bob became Dean and when he became Dean he asked me to step into the role of CLO at United Technologies where I spent several years and that was just a fantastic learning experience it's very easy to get caught up in the world of Academia right you know and and I think we do less of that caught up at Darden because we are so committed to be thought leaders in business mm-hmm. practice and because we're engaging with students who are headed into practice. So we're trying to call old friends and help them get jobs and learn about the things they care about. Um, but it was a great experience to watch at, you know, the, the central dilemma of how you take this talk about what are the strategic capabilities organizations need moving into the future right? and actually connect it to the process and systems and organizations so that your employees at that individual level are Actually getting what they need to change and adapt and be resilient in the mm-hmm. face of that. So, so that was a really interesting experience for me. I, I was happy to get back to Garden full-time yeah. and re-engage with the students because that's what I love best. But I, well, I learned a lot in that. Yeah. And what great experience then to bring back into the
1: classroom for the students yeah. as well. Yeah. And I'm thinking as you're talking about the culmination of all of this experience as um, a strategist and your expertise, Gene is really well known as the leading authority in design thinking. She's been a little humble um, about the extent of her expertise in design thinking and these various roles you played at Darden must have prepared you so well for this role as interim dean. Can you tell everybody a little bit about how the school year is going so far um, in in your new role?
2: Well, I mean, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we got off to a great start with welcoming all the students together and having a little immersive week in Darden where uh, where across the formats. We came together. Student leaders met each other. Club presidents met each other. So that was a kind of a high. Um, mm-hmm. Then, of course, like two weeks later, the new Bloomberg Business Week rankings came in, um, rank- ranking us number three among U.S. business programs. Uh, mm-hmm. And although we always like to say at Darden, We don't manage to rankings. We are mission driven. You know, we have things we care about, and those are about the student experience and thought leadership, et cetera, et cetera. It's still nice to be Mm -hmm. recognized um, and validated for the work we do. And I think the reason why we particularly like the Bloomberg rankings is because the criteria they use is also the criteria we care about. It's about the reported experience of of students graduating in a year. It's about the alumni connections and Mm -hmm. support network that alumni have built. And it's about career outcomes. Right. And again, career outcomes is the other piece. People come to business school for careers. I'm sure everyone hasn't failed to notice how expensive business school is, right? So you need to be sure you're getting a return on investment Mm -hmm. of the time you spend at Darden and the tuition you pay. And so that means producing great career outcomes. And so we were just jazzed to see our starting salary equivalent to Harvard, Wharton, Stanford, Chicago. I mean... It, really right exciting. up there with everyone. So so that's that was very satisfying. So we feel like we've you know gotten off to a lot of momentum, a lot of energy uh the new hotel Great place for students to hang out, for faculty to hang out and be together. So we've, beautiful. we've done plenty of socializing and celebrating there. And, and you're uh, hosting an event there Friday night. Yes, Friday faculty night. And faculty staff. and staff will be having uh, having uh, you know an event there. And so we've uh, it's just it's a it's a good our beautiful arboretum is opening, uh, which is this just incredible park like creation that that links the hotel at the bottom of the hill with the classrooms at Darden at the top of the hill. So when you walk between them, it's like a little oasis. It is.
1: And there are um, trails you can walk on. And um, I love it. I just remember when the person who was designing it came in and talked about it as a wellness space. And this generation cares um, rightfully so, so much about wellness. And what a great place to go grab lunch or go for a walk at lunchtime. It's just beautiful. And that dedication is coming up at the end of October.
2: Are. Well, and, and we know how important being in nature is for all of our mental health. I mean, I think mm-hmm. you know, we know students are facing record mental health pressures right now. Right. Post-COVID, yep. environmental issues, uh, so much is going on that, um, that add to that the press of school obligations right. and career searches. There is a lot there and people are. Uh, have to manage their mental health and it's one of the things at darton that we 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 really try and keep ever present in people's minds you need to get rest you need to eat well mm-hmm. you need to get exercise fortunately we're lucky charlottesville nestled in the foothills of the mountains right. um you know national park a 20 minute drive one right. direction all kinds of hiking opportunities the ability to be in nature Um, And now our own little piece of nature that's a one minute walk from the classroom. So, again, I think all of this is part of a recognition of how complicated our world is these days. Right.
1: And I think it's so relevant what you were saying earlier about the strength of the relationships that are built at Darden and the the fact that people who come here and teach here and work here really want to um, foster those relationships because that's part of our mental health too. True, it is. I mean, yeah. one of the
2: things that we say to students in the beginning is, look, we're here to help you succeed. If you need help, ask for it. This isn't, this isn't a test to see if you can survive and come through it all on your own. Mm-hmm. We're a community and we're here to support you. And so we take very seriously both as faculty and as fellow students. If you look at the amount of support our students give each other, whether it's in job searches, whether it's in organizing, you know, different hiking activities or just making sure that we celebrate the good stuff and remember what that's that's all about. People invest a lot. Because that's what it means to be part of a community where we care about each
1: other. No, I I totally agree. And while you were talking, I was thinking um, in late October, I have a Darden grad coming and staying with me for a long weekend. He has a really small family. I have a really small family. I'm actually adopting him as my nephew. (laughs) And so just to your point about the strength of the relationships, I definitely have benefited from that at Darden too. Yeah. Um, we're going transition a little bit and go maybe a little deeper into the CASE method. There were lots of advanced questions about the CASE method, and Darden is very intentional, has been uh, for a long time, about the types of skills that are developed through the CASE method. I was wondering if you could um, talk a little bit more about the CASE method
2: and what it's intended to cultivate in our graduates. Absolutely. For me, the CASE method is, as I said earlier, about immersion. It's not about a detached, I'm learning a set of rules, I'm learning a set of facts, a set of algorithms, whatever, and someone is communicating them to me and I'm you know, making notes and then regurgitating it back when the exam comes. Uh, the case method is about immersing yourself in a real business situation and having a conversations with other people who've made the commitment to do that preparation and immerse themselves. Um, that's being facilitated by someone who's an expert in that area, but whose job is not to tell, but to guide mm-hmm. and facilitate. Uh, there's a wonderful phrase that 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 I learned from my one of my mentors that made a big impression on me when I was a young faculty member. And uh, he said, we do the case method because wisdom can't be told. Uh, I love that. It is. It, we develop wisdom and judgment mm-hmm. by Being in conversations, by making ourselves vulnerable, Mm -hmm. by sharing our ideas and our thoughts, even though we can't ever know that they're right, Um, you know, there is no right answer in the case. Sometimes students try and look up, well, this is what the company did. Was that right? Maybe. Right. Maybe not. Right. But that's not the point. The point is training your reasoning mm-hmm. so that we begin to think like a leader would think uh, in the context of a marketing problem or a finance problem or an operational problem or a strategy problem. But that enterprise view, that action oriented, I'm going to take the risk of being out there and stating how I see a situation, the ways in which I think it might be resolved, and then listen to the person who maybe doesn't agree with me, who sees an alternative Mm -hmm. way to do it. And then between us, try and listen openly and productively challenge each other. I mean, there is a lot of challenge in the Darden classroom because that's often how we learn, Mm -hmm. right? The important thing is it be respectful challenging, Mm -hmm. um, but we challenge how each other's think Right. Right. And then challenging of our thinking is how we develop more sophisticated ways of dealing with the world. Yeah, absolutely. So at the end of of a two years at Darden, you've dealt with thousands of business experiences, right, and had deep conversations about them and about the path forward with lots of other super smart people right? Um, in an environment where everyone's encouraged to say what's on their mind and to challenge and support each other. So um, I am a product of the case method. I can't imagine teaching any other way than the case method. Right. Um, I was talking to one of the students the other day who was visiting us and, and he said, wow, I, d- I don't think I could sit through a lecture now. It's just it would be so boring. Um, because now, you know, after a couple of months at Darden, it's so active. I'm in the conversation. It's so engaging. Yeah, And so that's why we are such big believers in the case method and why Darden really has created a whole infrastructure of support. I mean, you can just tell people you want them to be great teachers and then claim that people are great teachers. The reality of it is great teachers get that way because they're mentored by other great teachers Mm -hmm. who sit in their classroom and help them get better because they get feedback from their students about what's working, what's not, and because you give them an infrastructure of support. So for instance, um, we're hoping that everybody gets to visit Charlottesville or Roslyn and see our classrooms. We have tiered classrooms because you can't put people in a flat classroom sitting around tables and actually have them talk to each other because they can't see each other's names. They don't know who they are as a faculty member. I, it, it's not, not easy for me to look and see who wants to speak and get right. them into the conversation. Our tiered classrooms are physically a manifestation of the kind of conversations we want to have where students face each other. They each one can see each other Each one has a name tent in front of them. So we learn each other's names. Mm -hmm. And that's really critical. Um, As a, as a, when I go into my new class, I already have my student cards. We always joke with students, you know, they're going to ask you to take a picture, send them a picture before you come to Darden and start. Don't make it be a really doofus picture, okay? (laughs) Because faculty members... In every class you take are going to look at that picture as a way of getting to know you before you're even in the classroom. Yeah, I've heard stories
1: about the extent to which faculty members study their backgrounds Ex- before
2: the first day exactly. I Exactly. Really in- impressive. I go into a class and if I'm teaching a case on some particular aspect of tech, I already know who the students are mm-hmm. who worked in that tech industry on the first day of class before I've met them right? I know what they look like. I know who they worked for. That's all a part of the infrastructure that allows me to be a great facilitator of a conversation, even before I've ever met anybody in the room for yeah. the first time. Yeah. So I think when we talk about the case method at Darden, you can think, oh, there's there's one little aspect of it. You know, we do cases, but in fact, we do that in an environment that's set up to make those cases really successful, those discussions, led by faculty who really want to be there, often who've written the case that we're doing. Um, And it's just, it's a, it's like anything else. It's a system of parts that work together. Right. That is very hard to replicate. And it's very hard to get that outcome without the whole system supporting you.
1: Great. And one of the lesser known elements of the case method that I think a lot of prospective students are not aware of is the extent to which you're exposed to so many different industries because it's a case method. I keep reading and I have had conversations with Jeff McNish, our director of career services, about the extent to which this generation is expected to make really major career pivots. Yes, Not just job changes, but big pivots from one industry to the other. So can you talk a little bit about the breadth of industries that
2: students are going to be exposed to because it's a case method school? Well, you know, the the notion of the breadth of industries, breadth of industries, size of companies, Mm -hmm. geography of where this is working, because we know how much culture matters and we have a global student body now. Um, All of that is really important. And again, it doesn't happen by chance. Um, First year teaching team, I was a member of the first year strategy teaching team for many years. Uh, uh, There would be a faculty member assigned to each of the different sections. uh, And the four or five of us now would sit down with each other for hours, Mm. selecting the portfolio of cases Mm. that would allow us to both teach the particular learning point of that class, but also be representative in terms of industry, you know, uh, uh, geography, leadership, company size, all of that. So in each area, we do that. And then we would compare across classes Mm. to make sure that we were giving students the right variety across classes, that we weren't all teaching the same case, for instance, because, you know, it was fascinating, but that we were optimizing the system of those case discussions. those So there's a tremendous amount of thought given to case selection uh, because you need a case that gives students the, the core materials to have a great conversation, mm. right? Um, and you also want it to be timely and relevant to the world they're going to inhabit uh, as as managers. Now, that doesn't mean that a case is always brand new. In fact, in the strategy area, the most interesting cases trace the evolution of an industry over time, because that's the world we live in. It's a world of change. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I can teach you everything about why someone's doing something today, but what you really need is to develop the judgment to understand over time how business strategies evolve and how what was an incredibly successful strategy 10 years ago is not going to be successful today mm-hmm. and probably not going to be successful 10 years from now.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I think the selection of cases really is core to making sure that the conversations prepare students to to really be thinkers, mm-hmm. right? And to be real learners, we we know in the world we live in now, it's your ability to learn that matters. No one can teach you what you need to know for the rest of your career. I mean, where is AI going? We, you know, we were having right. a conversation the other day and one of the, one of the faculty members said, you know, I, I feel like we were early in COVID and wiping down our groceries. Like, that's how I feel about AI right now. Right. right? We know it's important. We know we have to pay attention to it. We want to be effective and we want to use it to prepare students to be effective, but we're probably going to do all kinds of stuff that when we learn more will turn out to be stuff that was just silly, like wiping our groceries down. But at the time, it made sense. So we did it. We worked through it. We learned more and we found more appropriate ways of dealing with with COVID. And, you know, that's the life we live in now. COVID is just kind of a metaphor, I think, for the change going on around us all the kind of new things that are happening we have to be able to learn our mm-hmm. way through the change that we're facing so
1: and i think we get so much good feedback from recruiters um r- related to this and the extent to which our students in their internships and their full-time jobs are really able to hit the ground running yeah. because of their ability to
2: learn and adapt and really? evolve so. One of the things that I always love is when the second years come back from their internship in the in the full-time residential program, you know, we, students at Darden work hard. And I, I mean, I think everybody doesn't want to work hard and that's great. And you should know going in that faculty expect a lot of students in the classroom. There's a lot of preparation. Now we support that with these learning teams and different ways to support you, but Darden mm-hmm. students work really hard for their first year at Darden. and uh, then they go into their internships and they see the fruit of all that right. hard work, and yeah. they see they see how competent they feel and how how ready they are to step into situations where where students from other great schools with great reputations just. Are kind of paralyzed. Mm-hmm. They they don't know how to take action. They don't know what to do, but that's that's where you really see the darn payoffs. And then they come back second year and they're all pumped, right? right. They're like, yep. okay, I know why I, I worked it. so hard first year. Yep. I got it. Got I it. see how it's how it's going to yes. help me, I and so you know, I'm ready too. to
1: jump back in. Yeah, it's great to hear that feedback. Um, one of the things I'd love to cover is just a little bit about UVA in Charlottesville because as a Darden student, you're also a student of the University of Virginia and a citizen of Charlottesville or a Roslyn. I know I've heard you say that you have been surprised in your role as interim dean by the extent to which you've been on main grounds and talking mm-hmm. with other deans and, and the provost. Can you talk just maybe a little bit about um, opportunities at UVA or... Um, and and anything related to them being a,
2: an, a UVA student as well as
1: a Darden student. Yeah. I know you're spending
2: a lot of time. Well, UVA, UVA is one of the great U.S. universities historically. Right. I, I think we have different different opinions on Thomas Jefferson right. Right now, but one of the things that was clear that he had a vision of education that was completely different than that which existed on the time. And UVA is a physical manifestation of that. Mm-hmm. So our, our main grounds, we don't have campuses at Virginia, we have main grounds. Our main grounds uh, are the only uh, college grounds that are a, a World Heritage Site. Yeah. Uh, in the United States. And why is that? Because they were built with this vision of a different education because they've remained the core of our campus, largely untouched. So for me, if we're talking about creative thinking, strategic thinking, uh, when I first got to UVA and I visited the main grounds and I heard the story of why we have an academical village, mm-hmm. right? Rather than, uh, than you know, Jefferson himself was raised in a very hierarchical university with big buildings where the faculty were treated as gods, and he believed that that was poor preparation for stu- for uh, citizens of a democracy. So we have instead of these special different big buildings, we have the Academical Village, which is uh, select a number of student leaders who literally live on the bottom floor, and then their faculty lives lived in these pavilions. That's mostly deans in pavilions now, um, but they lived as a community. And they were an egalitarian learning mm-hmm. community. And so UVA has a very special heritage um, and has always had a very deep interest in the life of the mind. Um, very, very interesting political work going on. We have the Miller Center yes. for Presidential Politics, which uh, I've personally spent a lot of time on about the study of the presidency. Mm. Fabulous people visit. Oh, my gosh. Amazing
1: speakers. So amazing speakers. T- saw Madeleine Albright there yes. and Bill Clinton and so many political pundits that have come through. I, I love the Miller Center, too.
2: Exactly. I mean, there was a reason why Barack Obama stopped here as part mm-hmm. of his uh, his candidacy. Um, we have a new uh, Institute for Democracy, the Karsh Democracy mm-hmm. Center, which is really dealing with how we keep democracy alive in the world today and things like that. So all kinds of stuff. Fabulous symphonies, mm-hmm. you know, a great theater group. Right. I mean, Charlottesville a little town and I moved here from Boston. So I'm kind of a, I was kind of a snob when I moved down here because of course, Boston is, you know, the home of all kinds of great culture and things. But, you know, for a little, for a small college town, Charlottesville's pretty amazing. The amount of theater we have, the amount of music—of course, we're a big music scene. Right? Yes, you know, I mean, there's a reason why uh, 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 Matthews started here. Yes, and uh, has a concert coming up around the corner exactly. at the John Paul Jones Arena. Exactly. So, so there's just a lot going on in Charlottesville. There's a lot going on culturally. There's a lot going on, you know, with nature and things mm-hmm. like that. And yet, at its heart. It's a small town still. It's a college town. Right. And it has that great feel of a college. I mean, people love Charlottesville. Yeah, absolutely. So many boomerangs.
1: So many of us that lived here and then moved away and then came back. There's a lot lot of them. One of the things I encourage students to do um, just for joy is spend some time on the UVA website. You can sign up for the events page um, at UVA that tells you what speakers are coming. Tina Fey was here in the spring spontaneously. My favorite event is the film festival that's coming up. Uh, this next week at that yep that's coming up the book festival there's just a, so much to get involved in and really encourage you if you were a darden student to take advantage of the opportunities that are at uva um as well what's your favorite restaurant in charlottesville there's oh, uh, a big
2: restaurant scene. i was here. gonna say there's there's so many restaurants i love i mean one of my favorites is um it's it's moss so yes. it's a it's a tapas restaurant yes it's a spanish tapas restaurant and it, been here you know, for a long time yeah been here for a long time just incredible i you know know Know, I love old-fashioned Italian restaurants. That's part of my legacy from Boston in the North End there. Oh, sure. Love love a big heavy red sauce and stuff. So there's this little family restaurant that I just love that we go to often. It's um it's it's an amazing restaurant scene. I think Charlottesville must have more restaurants per capita than any place in the world. I think it's maybe Singapore is the only other place I've been to that has. As many restaurants relative to their population as Charlottesville does, but you know there's just a million, yeah, a million. I, restaurants. And Ryan
1: McNally rated it the number one foodie town in the country. It's one of my favorite things about Charlottesville so, is, is is the food scene. But unlike you that moved back um from Boston, and yeah. I moved from a small town in New England. So, I moved from Hanover, so I'm still a so kid in a candy store with
2: all the things all there to is do and all on. the right. the right. restaurants. But and we haven't even talked about the vineyards. Okay, go ahead. What do you, mean, have, did you have a favorite or two? Um, I, I love think. Starry Nights. Oh, which is me the, too. Which is the concert series yes. at one of our local vineyards. They just put up a big tent. They bring in music every, you know, you buy your bottles of yes. wine there, you bring a picnic. Yes. Um, and that's my favorite and, as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the nice part is it shows, so you can do a lot outside for a lot of the year. I mean, yeah. we do have winter compared to a Boston winter. There's really not much winter, but, but there's uh there's a lot of outdoor time you can spend. And so the vineyards are just beautiful. And, yes. You and know, Pippin Hill is what, a 15 minute, drive from here yeah and really all great. the cider works i was at a cider works the other day i hadn't been to a cider works was it before. castle hill yes it was okay and it was amazing
1: well castle hill is now one of my favorites because my son my 32 year old son is getting married there next fall wow. and so one of the things that's nice about the vineyards too and you don't have to be into to wine mean, if, yeah. if you are there's there's a 41 vineyards but i love that there are yoga classes and you know farmer's markets and cooking Absolutely. classes and flower arranging classes there's a whole yeah. Yeah. Uh, series of events that are planned at the farmer's markets too. So so be it's sure so to take advantage of, um, you know, checking out Charlottesville if you come, maybe tie your visit in on a Friday or a uh, Monday so that you can it's become there's a real definition, time. spend some time exploring. Yeah, well, I, we Charlottesville have we too. have the beautiful
2: fall weather now. This morning it felt like fall came to Charlottesville. The tr- the leaves are starting to change and there was that kind of crisp oh, air. Yeah, I love that. So so it's um, and then spring. I mean, spring, it's the most beautiful spring I've ever seen in my life is spring in Charlottesville. So there's a lot. It and I think it's good because we talk a lot about Darden. I mean, we've been talking about Darden for almost an hour here. You could just like wind us up and we'll keep talking. But it's one of those things that you have to experience. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can talk about the case method or you can come mm-hmm. and visit and spend an hour and a half in a class. And it's just, you have to experience it. I totally to totally get what we're talking about. So, Getting to Charlottesville or to Roslyn, depending upon the format you're interested in, and spending some time in the classrooms and with the other students and in the area. I just think that is such a game changer in terms of when you go to make a choice about where to spend the next several years of your life, you really know what you're choosing.
1: Absolutely. Totally agree. And there are so many opportunities to connect with us in person in Charlottesville. They're listed on the website. We have a diversity conference and women's symposium coming up at the end of October. We have on um, grounds days at Darden where you can come and experience a case method and interact with students and the admissions committee, as well as a lot of hybrid and virtual events, as well as events out on the road as we're traveling. So be sure to check
2: out our website and see all the ways that you can connect with us. Yeah. And and we're really two hours from D.C. I mean, that's yeah. that's uh, I mean, in some ways we're this beautiful little college town. But, you know, I'm headed up to the Kennedy Center next weekend to one of the shows. Oh, no. Nice. Um, what are you going to see? Um, uh, It's 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 they, they're rolling out a whole set of new theater productions. Oh. So you see little snippets of each and then you'll go up for the holiday concert. They have my favorite holiday concert at the Kennedy Center. Um, so you know, and it's a couple of hours, and right, and you have the wealth of the Smithsonian museums yep. and everything in DC. Um, you fly into Dulles, and in two hours you're into you're in Charlottesville, right. or you're on the metro into DC. Yeah, and um, for everybody too, there is an Amtrak
1: station right in Charlottesville. Really easy to take Amtrak up to DC. That's how I usually yeah, go, and go. even to New York, sometimes I I do it by um, Amtrak. So that's just another alternative too. Yeah. So for this last segment, I'm going to make sure we hit. Some of the questions that the audience set, sent in, in advance. Um, okay, so let's start with this. Um, let's start with leadership development. One of the questions that we got in advance is talk about,
2: can you talk about leadership development at Darden? You know, one of the the main points about Charlottesville is or at Darden is we are trying to develop everyone's leadership capability. It, it, it doesn't matter if you're an investment banker. It doesn't matter if you're a consultant. It doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur. Our ambition is for you to be a leader at every level of the organization you work at. And so one of the things that we, I think distinguishes us, that we hear from recruiters say in investment banking is you know, everybody teaches great core investment banking skills mm-hmm. at the best business schools. You're going to get those. The difference of a Darden student is they go into investment banking, they've got the investment banking skills, but they have that leadership enterprise perspective on top of that. Mm -hmm. So they aren't just narrowly kind of funneled into a skill set. They have had a broad education, um, as well as some explicit leadership development coursework that's really important, but throughout, in every course, you're expected to think and 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 speak from the perspective of a leader mm-hmm. part of the case method having to talk in class and participate challenge each other engage with each other that's what leaders do mm-hmm. you know leadership is about engagement leadership happens in conversation and and we're all about building skill sets for productive conversation and so i think Um, That leadership, that enterprise perspective. I mean, sometimes we call it general management. Mm -hmm. But to me, what we're calling general management is really that leaderly enterprise perspective that not only understands the depth of whatever technical issues and challenges you're working on, but can look across at a strategic level across the organization and understand how that set of decisions fits in and impacts the larger organization and its relationships with its clients or its customers and its local communities and all of that. So something like stakeholder management. Yep. I mean, we're very committed to ethics here. Mm -hmm. First class I taught at Darden was ethics. We have In our ethics faculty, like Ed Freeman, the, I think, easily the world's foremost thinkers around stakeholder management. So we don't view business as primarily being about profit. Profit is the end. It's what happens when you create value for people and not just your shareholders. create value for our customers, for our suppliers, for members of the community. So that kind of holistic view of leadership, that it's not about maximizing our own bottom line. It's about making the world a better place by doing whatever our business does very well. That's kind of the ethos at Darden. It's why everyone takes ethics as a core uh, right. core component of their first year experience. Right. First school to um, require an ethics course exactly. from the first day of its inception. And, and it's why we talk about responsible leadership aimed at improving the world of practice mm-hmm. is really core to what we're about here mm-hmm. at Darden.
1: It's really interesting, the previous point you made, because um, having been at Darden from ni- 1990 to 2005, I left and then came back and have reconnected with a lot of alumni and a lot of really successful alumni. And I like to ask them, like, what is it about Darden yeah. that helped you be so successful? And um It is almost inevitably that first-year core curriculum, that enterprise-wide perspective. um, It it comes
2: up again and again, to your point. I hear that so often. And one of the questions that I'll get asked is, um, okay, so I'm going to take first-year accounting and I'm going to be in that class with people who are CPAs, right? Or I'm going to take first-year finance and I'm going to be in that class with people who were financial analysts on Wall Street. Like, how do I have a chance against that? Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not how we see it. When when uh, I was talking to one of our finance teachers recently, and uh, she said, "You know, the way I evaluate all of those financial analysts is not are they out there uh, with the right answer, making everyone else in the class feel inadequate. It's how are they contributing to the learning of all of the other students in mm-hmm. the class, right? Not showing off what they know, but asking questions, guiding." helping everybody else in the class who didn't have that background be successful in the class and you know in marketing they're going to need that help themselves right i right. mean everyone has areas we all come from somewhere to go to darden so so i came from accounting um so i you know when i took my early accounting classes i i understood accounting in a way that that other people in the class didn't but you know we worked through it and at the end of it um it was everybody's job to create a great conversation which everyone left feeling confident about their abilities in mm-hmm. that subject and so at some level this idea of a required first year core mm-hmm. with the same set of people in your section may sound strange like well how does that work nobody gets waved out and all but when you see it in action and you understand the ethos right uh, Darden that it isn't about competition it isn't about showing how smart you are it's about this helping contributing to a great conversation it all does make sense and it all works
1: yeah um there's a couple questions about sort of pearls of wisdom for um for applicants who are applying but before we do that can you just tell them a little bit about your your family um you know you have children grandchildren I have grandchildren right? yeah, yes. say, say a little yeah. bit about your
2: family yeah. and um, I'm going to ask you about work-life balance so. <laughs> well one of the one of the reasons why that year turned into 33 years was at the end of the year my daughter said I'm not leaving mom yeah I love you go. Charlottesville I mean you know Charlottesville is a great place to be a kid and and my daughter still lives here raising her kids here right so it's you know and my wonderful. son as well so I get it exactly now my son, my my son is the nomad. You know, he spent time in San Francisco, then in Chicago. He's living in Brooklyn right now. Um, so we haven't lured him back to Charlottesville yet. But uh, but There's he does time. he does visit frequently. Uh, so we get we get that. So that you know they were an important part of my life. They grew up as I was learning how to be a teacher and all of those kinds of things. I, you know, I think it's the, it's the reality of, of life these days. We all balance a lot of things. I mean, many students come to Darden with their partners, right? Some of them come with kids. And so they're balancing a lot of balls in the air at the same time, which is never for me as comfortable as just having to do one thing. Um, but then over time, you have the payoffs of that. I mean, we we had some alumni at the football game last Saturday. We invited alumni who had children at Dart. So, so, so alumni and their kids were in the, you know, coming to the football game with us. And That's I mean, fun. that kind of generational yes. thing, we see a lot at Darden yeah. that, that, uh, that it, it makes an impression on, on the whole family, right not just on one now.
1: Well, sometimes we have a student who goes through the program and then there's significant other ones to go through the program. Exactly, I see that exactly. a lot too, that I, it had
2: I such had, an impact on partners. I had one section, one year teaching first year strategy that had five weddings in it. At the end of two years, it's kind of strange, isn't it? I mean, it's of course, faculty don't ever know what's going on. I only find out in retrospect when I get the wedding invitation. But, um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's not easy balancing all of those different things. It's certainly right. career wise, you know, I think it, the reality of it is we like to think that life is this perfect balance and that it's always 50 50 or 33 33 33. The reality of it is, at least in my life, you go through intense periods. Right? I mean, I think the first year at Darden is an intense period. You don't have balance. I mean, mm-hmm. it's you hopefully have supporting others around you who understand that. Mm-hmm. Um, in my career, when you're a junior faculty member and you're trying to publish and you're trying to learn how to be a great teacher and you're going I was going into, stra- into section B up against like one of the all time great teachers in section A. And so I felt a tremendous amount of pressure to get my teaching where it needed to be all at once and that can be very hard right right and then you kind of come out of that period and you enter a different period in your life right, right? and the, right. the kids are in a different place they need different things from you um and and you have different pressures but they don't feel like those old pressures sometimes so i think it's hard i think the reality of our lives today now that that people just have much more multifaceted lives um, and they 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 want to be with their partners they want to do other things that are important mm-hmm. to them, their hobbies. Um, uh, uh, many people still want to raise kids, right, right? The reality of it is it's 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 never simple. One of the things that Darden does teach you is how to prioritize. right. And saying. how to recognize that you can't do it all, right? I mean, literally, you cannot do everything. Mm-hmm. At Garden here. Hence delegate and you, delegate, utilize your
1: learning team. Priority.
2: It's why yeah. learning teams are so important. Right. We've, you know, we've really doubled down on learning teams and helping them succeed. And they're incredible at, at the Boston. I don't know if you were in the conversation in Boston. Uh, the, I was. I they, know what you're going to say. Was, there was an alum from 2002. Yeah. So he's been out post 20 years. He still talks to his Learning team, the six members of yes. the learning team, he said every few months, and they yeah. try and get together and see each other I was once again. It's
1: so nice to hear those stories and amazing people. stories. Yeah. I mean,
2: these are these are these are kind of relationships and friendships that are very deep and that last a lifetime. Why? Because they needed each other to yeah. get through, right? We learn to rely on other people and support each other, and we need that kind of trust and support because life is very complicated and we can't be everything to everybody. One of the palpable things that I think is helpful about the Darden community, and you
1: alluded to this early as one of the compelling reasons you stayed was a sense of belonging you mm-hmm. um, felt. And I know Melissa Thomas-Hunt, our new senior associate dean for the MBA program, has put a lot of um, time and yes. effort into belonging at Darden. And maybe we can close with just a couple words about how intentional that is at Darden.
2: Exactly. I mean, people come to Darden from all over the world, from all walks of life. For many people, they're they're talking about cases and it's their second language. Or, I mean, uh, uh, when our international students arrived, I got to spend some time with them. For many of them, it was their very first visit to the U.S. So um, people are coming from so many different life experiences and coming together at Darden And so we have to be very intentional about building a community because we know what happens if we don't. People find the people that they're comfortable with, who look most like them, who talk most like them. And then you don't have a real community. You have all little sub- you know, subgroups who don't really get to know and work with each other. Right, And that's why something like the assigned learning teams are so critical. I mean, you're assigned as you arrive to a team with a bunch of other people who are deliberately different from you.
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Um, In a section, you spend almost a year of your life with 60-odd some other people, who have been deliberately selected. So they come from different geographies, different walks of life, different career backgrounds. Just we put difference in the hopper. And then instead of ignoring difference, we try and work with it. Mm -hmm. And we try and use difference. I mean, this is one of the things we know in the world today in my own field of creativity. If you really want creative solutions, You start with a diverse group of people who don't all think alike, and then you navigate that difference. I mean, Mm. many of times we're afraid of difference, right? We avoid difference. We try and downplay difference, but difference is the root of all of the higher order solutions we need. So a lot of Darden is learning how to be with difference and get comfortable with Mm -hmm. it constructively confront that difference mm-hmm. and then leverage that difference. Wow. To yeah. to to push yourself to become someone that you weren't when you arrived and you would never be if you just hung out the whole time you were here with people who look like you and thought like you and talk like you. So I think that is a that's that's part of the magic of Darden and part of why I think I'm so impressed by the work Melissa is doing Mm -hmm. as she steps into her new leadership role to really focus on inclusion and working across difference and really supporting things like the learning teams, which are kind of the bedrock where people really learn how to be part of different communities at Darden.
1: Great, great. Well, what a great way to end about the magic of Darden. (laughs) And thank you so much for coming today and engaging with our prospective students and for the great job you're doing um, in your role as interim dean. It's such a pleasure. And to the prospective students, thank you so much for your time um, and interest in Darden. If I can be a helpful resource or anybody on my team, my email is Clark with an E D. At darton.virginia.edu and, and happy to answer questions or be a resource and hope to engage with you on the road or in a virtual or hybrid event or even better yet here at Darton. Thank you so much and have exactly. a great day or evening. Bye bye. Take care.
0: And that was a conversation between Senior Assistant Dean of Admissions, Donna Clark, and Interim Dean of the Darton School of Business, Gene Litko. As always, if you have any comments, suggestions, requests, anything you'd like for us to cover here on the podcast, we're all ears. We can be reached at Darden, that's D-A-R-D-E-N, at virginia.edu. Until next time, stay safe, be well, and thanks for listening.